Sorry, I'm a minute or two late. I was talking to Juice. He was telling me how these bright lights made him nervous uh, up here just a minute ago. And I told him that I had to come in here and take these questions for these tough questions for 30 minutes. And he uh, uh, has a newfound level of respect for me, I think, from that and win as well. But uh, big challenge this week going up to Nashville. Uh, team, you look at the schedule they've played. They've played Ole Miss, they've played Alabama, and they've played Georgia. So. Three of the, I don't even know where everybody's ranked right now, but I know three of the top nationally ranked teams in this in this conference they've already faced. Um, they, uh, with a minute to go in the first half, Vanderbilt's beating Ole Miss 20 to 10. Uh, they were up 13 to 3 at one point, and, and uh, then last week or two weeks ago against Missouri, they've they've uh, they're down 17 nothing to Missouri and come back and had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it. So it's a team that's very, very, very uh, capable. They've got some really, really impressive and talented players. It's a mix of super seniors and, and true freshmen that they're playing up there. I think Clark has done a phenomenal job uh, with his football team. They, they, uh, they're recruiting to a, a certain skill, uh, uh, skill set, size, that they've identified, and, and you can see it. I mean, they're playing really, really, really hard. Uh, they're really, really well coached. They present a lot of challenges in, in all three phases. They've had a week off uh, to get to get ready for this game as well and uh, certainly present problems, like I said, offensively, uh, defensively, and on, on special teams. So it'll be a challenge for us going on the road again. And uh, like I said, I got tons of respect for the job they're doing up there and how they continue to – move that program forward and, and get better each and every week. Uh, Injury-wise with us, you know, it's November 1st and we play in the SEC, so there's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises this time of year after eight games, and and uh, that's what we have. And no one that we'd sit here today and say is definitely out, but certainly got some guys that are that are questionable. Uh, Terrell Dawkins practiced today and gets closer and closer to being able to play, and, and um, you know, hopefully we can stay healthy here as we go through the rest of the week into into Saturday and what should be a fun environment up in Nashville on Saturday night. So, questions? Shane, a few of the players were in here and were talking about uh, how Missouri, especially as the game went on, seemed to know what you guys were going to run, like raising their hands and you guys were going to call a pass play. After watching the film, have you guys seen what they were seeing, what they were reading from the offense? No. Um, after every uh, game, we self-scout, David, when we play opponents that we don't play Again, we uh, uh, usually try and connect with those coaches, see what you had on us, what we had on you, uh, non-conference teams, things like that. So we've done that often. We, we uh, dove into a self-scout during the off week and saw some tendencies that we had, uh, some of the communication that we had with with uh, some coaches from some other schools, you know, alerted us to some tendencies also, which we are no different than any other team. I mean, we've got tendencies that we're going to attack with Vanderbilt this week. There were tendencies that we tried to attack with with uh, Missouri run pass. And, and every team, you know, has those tendencies. Uh, certainly a couple of them were, you know, a little concerning. I think there was a third and two that we had, and we were in a bunch set, which which uh, they were signaling pass. There, uh, there, There's some things that, like I said, we've tried to combat the last couple weeks nothing that really jumps out at us from from that game and and I also think you know you try and change communication up and things like that but these players aren't dumb if they're hearing certain things coming out of the you know quarterback's mouth they may anticipate it being a being a pass and and, and stuff like that but nothing that you know nothing that's glaring but something that we're always always uh, looking at as a staff in all three phases trying to break tendencies just like every other school is in the in the country 
Shane, it seemed like Spencer was under pressure a lot on Saturday against Missouri. How do you guys schematically maybe go about changing some of that and getting the ball out of his hand quicker, maybe rolling him out some? Uh, we got to certainly look at moving him out of the pocket and changing his launch point. And, and I sit it all week, and I don't think anybody believes me. Still, that's a really disruptive defense that we just played. There are a reason they're top four in the SEC in total defense. They're they're disruptive um, at, at all positions. So sometimes you're just you're going to get beat, and we've got a really good offensive line. And sometimes you know you're out there one on one against a really talented defensive end or defensive tackle or linebacker or whoever it is, and the other team's going to going to win so we've got to win our share of battles but certainly we've got to uh, continue to you know help Spencer with with protection and, and moving the pocket and, and that's every week Colin that's not just last week I mean we, I knew going into the game Missouri was going to uh, be disruptive and, and was going to make some plays against our offense and, and get us unfortunately some negative yarded situations and it happened too much but you uh, you know you give Missouri credit but you also look at at being able to to do things, running the ball, moving the pocket. We got the ball out of his hands quick. I mean, all those perimeter things were either screens or RPOs the other night, and that's how you get the ball out of his hands quick as well. Shane, as far as what you said about you connect with other coaching staffs about what they had on you, what you had what you had on them, um, what percentage of times or how often do other staffs not want to cooperate with you guys on that? Hmm. Um Usually, I'm not reaching out to them, Gene, unless I know they're probably going to want to cooperate with me, if that makes sense. I mean, to me, it's – and this goes all the way back to when I was a graduate assistant at Tennessee back in 2001 working for John Chavis. I mean, on, on Mondays or Sundays after a game, me, the GA, or the defensive coaches would be on the phone with the coaches from other schools just you know, that we just played or, you know um, – we're calling another SEC school to find out about an SEC school that they just played. I mean, I used to joke that there, might as, there should have just been like a conference call with defensive coaches in the SEC back in the early 2000s every Monday morning because we were all talking to each other anyway. Um, I mean, I can uh, – um, so that's always been ongoing. But I'd say most of the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's typically a non-conference team that is not on your schedule anytime soon, uh, i.e. Charlotte. I don't think we're playing Charlotte anytime soon, but after that game, being able to talk with some of their coaches or or uh, uh, Georgia State, uh, don't play them anytime soon, I don't think, talking to them at the beginning of the season. And, and then, you know, you play teams in the SEC, but you have teams that, you know, whether we talk to Arkansas or not, it's, it's potential to talk to an Arkansas when you don't play them again for a while, you know, down the road. So I think most coaches are – are open to it. And a lot of times that may be a conversation with I have with the head coach before the game on the field is, hey, we don't play each other again. We'd love to get our staff together and talk tomorrow if that's something you're interested in doing. And they want the same information that we do. So you play, you play Mizzou every year and you did it. Did you exchange any information with the Clemson staff going into bowl season last year? No. I'm trying to think. Oh, because we played North Carolina, you mean? Or because they – No. Not that I would have, but I don't even think I don't think Clemson even played North Carolina last year. I guess they played them. Um, they played them in Chapel Hill a few years ago. I remember a really close game up in Chapel Hill a few years ago. But um, no, uh, I probably should have probably should have reached out to them. I mean, 
I've known Brandon Streeter for a long time. I think Brandon's a good guy. Dabo's a good guy. I don't know if they would have wanted to help us or not, but we didn't. I would tell you if we did, we didn't. And I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. So shame on me. <laughs> I guess loosely on that topic, uh, with with the sideline stuff that y'all were doing on Saturday and have done in the past, obviously, do you feel like Missouri had a good kind of counter for when, when y'all would show a look or, or – have something going, then, then look over and maybe adjust to what they were showing. Did was there a challenge going on that way? Yeah. Um, yes and no. I think sometimes um, you. Um, it's such a cat and mouse game. It really is. I mean, teams that look to the sideline. Let's put our defense on the field, and an offense looks to the sideline. Sometimes we may change it. Sometimes we act like we're changing and then we don't change it. Sometimes we don't do anything and we don't change it, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. Sometimes that Spencer may look to the sideline and, and we change it or we, or sats is run what we have called. Or a lot of times, I think sometimes defenses will potentially, if you're checking as an offense, they've got a, maybe a basic check that they go to. Okay. They're in a, man coverage look and now they're going to jump into a two deep zone type thing and you try and anticipate those things as well so no I wouldn't not once did I think okay we're checking the sub thing and and they're checking and and uh and um uh, messing or messing with what we have called but you always got to be smart about doing that and just being able to to mix it up also we heard from a few players today that there may be lower energy Saturday. Antoine Wells said that. Eric Douglas did. Devonnie Reed talked about frustration setting in. How do you guard against that as a coach in the middle of a game like that and going into another another tough road game here? Just go right back to work. Shane, uh, a week from today, Election Day, just wanted to get your thoughts on whether – you kind of encourage the guys to go vote as a team? Do you let it be their responsibility if they want, like most other people here in America? How do you handle that? Yeah, we uh, certainly something that we want to encourage our guys to do for sure. Um, I know last year we actually had a speaker come in, I think on that Sunday or Monday beforehand, we had a speaker come in just to talk about the election and voting rights and, and all that as well uh, around November. And uh, and then this year, I know we have a, a uh, I know the football team does. I'm not sure if it's a athletic department wide uh, Zoom or meeting that they're going to be on Monday night about that as well. So certainly want them to uh, communicate and, or want to communicate with them and want them to be um, uh, have the opportunity to go do that as well. It's certainly very important. Shane, you mentioned you haven't talked about changing play callers, but from an offensive standpoint outside of that, what can y'all do outside of that and maybe sustaining drives to really get this thing clicking the way you guys hope it would? <laughs> yep. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know I got asked that the other night too. And, and let me say this too. If I felt like uh, changing a uh, uh, the role of a coach on our staff, offense, defense, or special teams was the right thing to do right now, I would. Uh, to me, those are things that – you look at it at the end of the season every year, last year in, included. And uh, right now the best thing for us is to go win football games here down the stretch, starting trying to win one this week against a good Vanderbilt team. And uh, the thing that gives us the best chance to be successful is to continue to try and get better at where we are, you know, right now. And, and you look at the big picture and, and, and whatnot, and that's that's kind of how I see things. We've got to uh, coach better. We've got to play better. We've got to 
uh, it's a combination. I mean, as bad as it looked the other night, and I get it, it was it was bad. There, I see a lot of plays out there to be made as well. And every week you look back at why we didn't get that done in that situation, and, and that starts with me. And we've got to be better and continue to look at how we're teaching and, and, and uh, you know, giving our guys the best opportunity to make plays during the game and be successful. <laughs> yeah, Shane, kind of going off that, how do you evaluate uh, the job that Marcus has done? I mean, I, obviously, I mean, you hear it. You know, the, the fans aren't you know, super happy, but, you know, how do you week in, week out sort of evaluate his role specifically? Yeah, uh, you know, when you're in this profession, to me, when things aren't going well, it's the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback that, that get the blame. And, um, and that's just part of it and what you sign up for. Uh, Sad will tell you. I mean, he certainly – we all feel like we could be better. I could have been better, Clayton, Pete, but and Sat would tell you the same as well. Um, you know, each week is different. We haven't been good enough. I mean, I I, I recognize that, but I uh, I understand what we're doing each week from a game plan standpoint. I understand um, what's being called during the games. I sit in on the in the, on the 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 meeting with the quarterbacks pretty much every day. Uh, during the week as well, you know, understanding what they're being taught and coached and told as well. So there's no uh, miscommunication from that standpoint. So he's, um, you know, each week is, is a different week, and, and we've done some really good things, you know, on offense this year. And we've got to um, – that's behind us, and now we're, you know, moving into November now and, and got to continue to be even better. Uh yeah, Coach, just looking at, obviously, what's waiting in those last couple games on the schedule and talking to the players, they don't seem to put any extra influence on the fact that these games are the best opportunity, uh, statistically, just to get that bowl-eligible mark that everyone wants. Is that the message from you all, not to put any extra pressure on that? Yeah, I mean, to me, every game is going to be tough. I know it's easy for people to say, okay, well, you look at the next two opponents, and then you got these two after that. I mean, it's week to week. I know it's cliche, but it really is, and... Um, in our team meeting this morning, I didn't even bring up the bowl game and or, or getting bowl eligible. Um, we, everything this week is just a total commitment to doing everything in our power to to prepare this week to go play our very best in Nashville on Saturday night and and talking about how we do that in all three phases and and what it's going to take and, and not thinking so much about the the results but just the, the process of, of how we gotta how we gotta get to that. But we're uh, I not think I know we have a chance to continue to progress and be a really, really good football team. We've shown that in spurts this year, and we've just got to put all three phases uh, together and do it more consistently than what we did the other night. Shane, would you like to see Spencer Rattler run a little more? And, and if not, would you like to see more, a few more occasional packages, including one of your quarterbacks that is more of a running threat? Are you talking about Luke or are you talking about DK uh, or any of them? Either one, that, the, whoever you think's the best running threat. Okay. Uh, I mean, we've used Juju as like a Wildcat quarterback. we got a lot of guys. I think Spencer uh, is a better athlete, Gene, than people give him credit for. So certainly want to see him uh, run. He did that some the other night. I mean, he had that play that he scrambled and I think got us the first down kind of going in the score over there towards our student section. And then – he obviously ran on the play that he fumbled on in that game as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, I trust him when he <clears throat> when he runs the football because he's a better he can run and he's a, he can make some people miss and he's a better athlete than people uh, give him credit for. 
And but also as your quarterback, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to see your quarterback taking a lot of unnecessary hits either. So some of them, uh, certainly some runs that he's had have been scrambles. He's had some runs this year that are, you know, either zone read and he kept it or quarterback draw or whatever it may be. You know, there's different things that that each week you try and um, give your team the best chance to be successful. But but then also. I uh, believe anytime you're able to, I mean, Vandy does a great job of it. They got two quarterbacks that we're preparing for this week. And when you have the threat of a different guy at quarterback that can run the football, it's a challenge. And you know, I know that from a defensive standpoint, but uh, if, if you got other guys at quarterback in your run game, that means, you know, Marshawn Lloyd's or, or Juju or, or uh, CBS or whoever's not getting the ball too, but uh, each week's different, but yeah, I got no problem with Spencer running it. And if it's there, uh, and then also, you're always trying to find ways to generate yards and present challenges for, for the opposing defense. Shane Jaheim was saying that some of the reason he hasn't been on the field as much is what's been personnel and kind of what you guys are doing. I guess, just to clarify, I guess, what does that kind of mean on your guys' end as far as uh, quote-unquote personnel thing, I guess? What does that kind of mean in terms of why he maybe isn't getting as many on the field as much? To me, it's, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say this, Jaheim needs to be on the field more than what he was the other night. I met with Jaheim on Sunday. We had a great 30 minute conversation downstairs and and I told him that and that's on me I'm the head coach um so he absolutely needs to be on the field more than he has and uh but and I don't mean this in like a a a condescending way but when you talk about personnel we have five offensive linemen that are on the field on every single play we have a quarterback that's on the field on every single play and then we have, I'm assuming we all want Marshawn Lloyd on the field. I do. So what is that? That's seven players. Well, now you play every play on offense with 11 guys as who you can have on the field. So that leaves four guys. All right, great. Jaheim and Stog and Juice and Van. Okay. Well, then people want to know why Juju's not out there. Why is DeCarrion not out there? Why is Xavier Leggett not out there? Why is Jalen Brooks not out there? Okay, well, let's go – Jaheem and A.B., Van, and Wells. Well, wait a minute. Why is Brooks not out there? Why is Stog not out there? So I mean that, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. It's just we got a lot of guys that when we're game planning each and every week, you look at the other team's defense and say, okay, if we're in 10 personnel, meaning one running back and four receivers, here's the coverages that we anticipate. If we're in, in the, the, the defenses we anticipate, if we're in 12 personnel, one running back and, and two tight ends with two receivers, here's what we expect from the defense. If we're in 11, uh, the other night we did some uh, 20, or excuse me, we did some 13, meaning one running back, and we had three tight ends on the field at one time, Jaheim being one of them. Here's what we expect in that. So you're trying to formulate your game plan. Okay, if we're in 10, 11, 12, whatever, here's what you can expect. And then you put plays in and calls to um, um, to be able to take advantage of that from a schematic standpoint, if that makes sense. Having said that, we want to get our best players on the field. And sometimes you just say, forget what personnel grouping it is and what coverage you're expecting. We need to get this guy, this guy, this guy on the field and get them the ball. And, and we do that every week. We haven't done a good enough job of it. I'll admit that. And, um, and it starts with we've got to do a better job of – sustaining drives, staying on the field, not being down 17 nothing after 11 offensive plays like we were the other night. And not the, I think I said it Sunday night, it's not like we threw the game plan out after going down 17 nothing, but it, um, it, it, you, 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 
you're not able to get back to everything that you maybe had planned to, to, to get to. So that's what it means. We've got a lot of guys that we're trying to get the ball to. We have different things that we're calling personnel-wise to get the right people on the field to try and get the coverage or the defense that we want to try and be able to take advantage of it. And um, uh, But then also – it's the old saying, it's players, not plays. And regardless of what a defense is going to give you, let's get so-and-so on the field and, and get him his touches and get Marshawn his touches and Jaheim and Juice and, and on and on and on. Sorry for the three-minute answer to a simple question. Hey, good. Um, a Thank bunch you. of the players in here earlier were just talking about execution kind of being what they feel like is is missing for you guys right now. As you get into this kind of back half of the season, what can you do at this point to, to fix those little execution things, and what does that look like translated to game day? Yeah, no, that's frustrating because that was the thing from the other night, Emily, is there's just a lot of plays that we had called that we didn't get executed like we did in practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And whether it be offense, defense, or special teams, you know, and that was the frustrating thing about the other night, you know, some things that, that we, we were just a little off, you know, for whatever reason. And, and, again, that starts with me. But whether it be something that happened the first time they punted that we didn't get adjusted to, that we had literally, you know, in the walkthrough that morning talked about this This may happen, and when it happens, here's what we want to do. We didn't get that done. Or a check on defense or, you know, some calls um, that, that Clayton had for certain plays that we had those calls called against the play that we wanted it to be called against, and we didn't get the job done. And then offensively, whether it be something in the run game or something in the pass game that we didn't – we just – we didn't execute like – it wasn't like the first time we saw it. We did it in practice. And you go back to coaching and where was the disconnect between taking it from the practice field to the game field because there was some the other night. So you look back at, you know, again, how you're teaching it and making sure you're repping it enough in practice during the week versus different looks. So it, it just is, is second nature. And, and, you know, we're not doing – too much offensively. I mean, if you watch this, we're running a lot of the same stuff, pass game and run game over and over again. Um, you give the other team credit, but it's something that we certainly need to continue to look at while we just didn't execute as well as we needed to the other night. I hesitate to ask this after Uh-oh. you addressing the Jaheim Bell not getting more touches and why every guy can't get more touches, whatever. But with like Marshawn and, and, and CBS being banged up uh, throughout the season, any of those other younger running backs, Amos, Carroll, gotten more opportunities in practice when, when those guys have, have not been able to, to play? Yeah, they have to. Um, those two and and, um, and and Dante Miller, for sure. I mean, Dante, he had the touchdown against, what, South Carolina State or Charlotte. They got called back. Um, Dante's a talented back. But, yeah, um, one, even if they were healthy, just trying – the running back, as you know, is just a physical position that takes a pounding during the season. So just trying to keep our backs fresh so those guys are getting reps. And um, and, and then also when you got guys like Marshawn and CBS that are banged up, that's going to get those other running backs more and more reps. And, and those guys are continuing to get better and, and doing some – doing some good things right now for us, those other running backs on offense and, and some of the stuff they're doing on special teams also. Shane, it seemed like you guys you guys had really good pass rush days against Kentucky and Texas A&M, and it seemed like Missouri was trying to get the ball out quickly to mm-hmm. avoid that 
Vandal's probably going to do the same thing. How do you combat that, and how big of a challenge is that to try and affect the quarterback when the ball's out so quick? No, it's a challenge. Um, they Missouri did a good job of of getting the ball out quick, running the ball, and then moving the pocket, you know, a little bit as um, as well. And you know, I mean, some of the one of the movement throws was the same play that I think I mean I talked about it in the press conference, but Tennessee scored on us against last year in Arkansas and tried it against us, and that was kind of moving the pocket, moving the quarterback out of the pocket, and then throwing verticals back across the field, and and they uh, wanted to protect the quarterback for sure. He took some hits against Vanderbilt, meaning Missouri's quarterback the week before, and they wanted to do that going into it, and and that's kind of the way you know Vandy plays in a lot of ways as well. They do a great job of of throwing RPOs and the, uh, the, the receiver 14 Shepard. I mean, he's the second leading second most touchdowns in the sec this year. And the third leading receiver, if I'm not mistaken in catches, they get the ball to him in a lot of ways. And a lot of them are just RPOs where he's going to, he either hands it off or he just takes it and throws one-on-one out there to the field. They did against, did that against Alabama and Ole Miss a few times one-on-one and he won, uh, and then they move the pocket, and then they present some challenges in some run game in the run game stuff. So you gotta, you gotta, um, got one. You gotta get, force them into passing situations for sure. And then you've just got to continue to find ways to, you know, affect the quarterback. And and that means hopefully hitting him. But we've done a good job too defensively this year of when we know we're not going to get to the quarterback, getting our hands up and having a chance to bat a ball as well when the quarterback throws it. We, uh, we, we, we've done a really good job of that the last, uh, the last few games, and, and that's something that, okay, you don't hit him, but you can still affect that throw by using our length up front as well. Nothing, John? Wow. thought you'd have them ready for me. Uh, yeah, I know, I've screwed that up. Jade on the – I guess other teams knowing what play might be coming. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you guys had a different kind of card to block signals the other night. Is that right? Did I have that right? Is, is yeah, a lot of that is more just for our guys to be able to see where the signaler is coming from as well. Uh, also, uh, so a lot of it, the, the stuff that we you know put up is just so they can see it. And there's our signalers on the sideline as well. But you're always trying to mix up one who's signaling where it's not the same guy every time. You're always trying to mix up, okay, if you are doing something off a wristband, they don't match whatever number you give for the wristband and say, okay, last time they it was 42, it was a handoff to Marshawn Lloyd, and here comes. You try and mix that up also. Um, so you always try and stay one step ahead because, you know, you always you, – you, you, you always try and stay one step ahead. And then just real quickly, Corey Rucker, he's done for the season. Yes, yeah. I'd sur- having surgery uh, today. Okay. And we'll be uh, we'll be done, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get him back uh, for hopefully he'll be ready to roll for spring practice.